y'all a question. What is y'all favorite or most memorable Halloween moment or tradition or something that you feel like that you want to do every year? Mm, every year? Favorite tradition would be, well, when I was a kid, we didn't, I mean, I, I grew up in the city of Detroit, so we didn't do <laughs> trick-or-treating, really. Like, I mean, my, my parents were strict. Even, like, we rode bikes. It was like, you go from this driveway, two houses down, to this driveway, four houses down. That was it. We was just riding bikes, sickles, out there for hours, going six houses apart. <laughs> so we didn't do, we didn't do much with trick-or-treating. Um... As an adult, I like the I like the parties. The parties are fun, dressing up and doing that thing. But I think tradition wise, it would just be like watching scary movies like for the month of October. Watching a few like this year, we we did the Conjuring series. We watched all of. We're watching none two tonight, and that'd be it for us. We've seen them all, which was a great series. But that's probably for me is like watching the movies. Nishan. You know, I didn't really like trick or treating, but I do really enjoy the horror movies for Halloween. Um, I love it. I'm a big horror fan. I always have been. It's funny. I remember watching horror movies and going to the video store. We talked about this on another pod, I believe, Matt. Talking about her. Oh yeah, man. You know, going down the aisles, looking at the box covers. It was a whole yep. thing. And I think I started watching these movies at like eight or nine. And I'm talking about rated R horror movies. Glory. Do you remember your first one? I don't remember the first one, but I remember the first one that kind of tripped my mind. And I think I was relatively young. I think it might have been like 10 or 11. Um, it was Last House on the Left. And this movie wasn't a regular horror movie. Like, people was getting raped. Mm. Like, women were getting raped in this movie, right? It, it wasn't like like oh. ghosts and stuff like that. And I'm watching wow. this stuff. I think I'm like 10 or 11. And now I'm fast-forwarding. Last night, we were watching Five Nights at Freddy's. Anybody who knows who, who these, what these games are, it's a horror movie. It's released on Peacock, and it's PG-13. It? Ah, it was eh, It was all right. It was mid. Okay. Um, but my son is aware of the franchise wants to watch it. We won't let him watch it because we think it's too mature for him. And I thought back, like, wait a minute. I'm watching people get murked at eight years old back in the day, and I won't let him watch them? Like, all right. So yours is movies. So for things like Freddy, Matt knows I absolutely love Freddy. I was watching Freddy. I think the first Freddy came out the year I was born. So I would say the first opportunity it came out on on the DVD or DVD, sorry, on the VHS. That's when I was watching it. It, it, It's actually kind of I think it's child abuse. The age that I was watching the Freddy movies in the Leprechaun movies and all that. I probably had to be only three or four years old. Earliest memories was that. But I could watch Freddy movies any time of the year. So I'm going to just probably land with the party being an adult, getting dressed up to go party for Halloween. That'd be my favorite. And you've had some pretty fantastic costumes in, in the last few years mm-hmm. this is last so year's we costume, go, a scarecrow it, yeah that wasn't one of your best ones it was that no. that was that was like good for <laughs> this work. for kids and this is for kids so then for movies so all right let's go like top three favorite movies or it could just be movie franchises what's your top three horror movie franchises or movies <laughs> but in a, a horror genre right yeah yep okay of course freddy's number one Anything about Freddy. I even like West, anything Wes Craven, actually. Even Don't only, Look Down, which is the best folks. movie. Only us black folks. I said movies. You said Freddy. 
That ain't that ain't a movie. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. No, it's Freddy. It's Freddy. <laughs> it's Freddy. Actually, I think they did have a couple movies. It's called Freddy though. To help her out. Freddy's dead, right? Freddy. He's a Freddy. Y'all know Freddy. Well, so. but you, you know what, guys? We can actually have a whole talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> series because mm-hmm. I feel like after like the third one, it really jumped the jumped the shark. It started getting you think a little that too early corny. into it. Maybe the fourth. They they lost me at New Nightmare. That's when I was over it. Until they did Freddy vs. Jason. I oh, the New Nightmare was awesome. New Martin Nightmare was kind of bad. That was bad. No, that yeah, was really like, good. I think Again, you're not gonna. Um, yeah, you're not. Anything was craving. Y'all not gonna ever convince me otherwise. Don't look down. Is probably my best movie of all times. And that was a Wes Craven movie. And Matt was like, "That is the have, worst have you heard movie, about this movie in my life." Don't look, Don't look down. down by Wes Craven. I rem- I remember seeing it, but I don't remember the movie. Okay, so just real quick, real, I gotta tell this story. Rhodesia talks about how this is one of her favorite movies, right? So I'm sitting here, and she talked me into watching this movie. Now, everybody can just Google Don't Look Down cover art, and you can look at the cover and tell. This movie is on some BS, okay? But I'm like, all right, like, she's asking me to do this. Now, this was 20 years ago. I'm like, okay, but I can tell this is about to be some trash. So I'm <laughs> sitting there. And all I remember from this movie is the last scene is this person falls off a cliff. But the special effects is so bad, you can tell they're standing straight up and all they're doing is just moving their arms like they're falling. And then the person like falls and like the movie's basically over. And I just remember saying, this is the worst movie I have ever (laughs) seen in my entire life. If you have seen this movie, please hit us up and tell me if you like it. Because Please. I know you don't like it, so tell me you why you don't like it. absolutely love it. But it, yeah. it could be one of the worst scary movies of all time. So you, all right, so you got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You have Don't Look Down, and what else? No, Don't Look Down is all part of Freddy. It's all part of Wes Craven. So all of that together. Um, scary movies. Can I let Ego first so I can think of the other ones? Because in my life, yep. it's just Freddy, 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 Freddy. It's all Freddy. So, but I wanna, yeah, it's all Freddy, but I want to think about that. Man, as a horror guy, I have a hard time picking, but I know my number one movie, and it was more of a, I don't know, I'm a, it was a horror movie, I'm going to put it in there. My, my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all times is The Lost Boys. Favorite Never one. seen it. That's a great movie. Would you, would you put that under horror? Well, I'm cheating because it has vampires and people are getting killed. Okay. Right? Nah, and it had well, jump scares, right? So okay. it, it can go, it can kind of go in there, but you know, with the Corey Heyman and and Feldman, I mean, love, love, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Another favorite of my horror movie is called Night of the Demons. Mm. Not sure why, but I really, really enjoy that movie. You guys have to just look it up. Um, and then my third one was the Night of the Living Dead remake, the one where Tony Todd was in there. Night of the Demons. What year is that? Night of the Demon. 1988, 1989. What, at, at, between 87 and 89. I'm not sure that's your time. And uh, Night, Night 90, of the Living Dead. 1988. Hour and a half. There you go. Really, right. really, really, really it's good on, movie. Cult classic. All right, so, so maybe I'll check that out. Because I've never, I don't remember this one. I've never heard of that Wild, one. Night Wild of the Teenage Demon. Girls Hold a Halloween seance in an old funeral parlor to scare their friends is that it that's not right yep oh yeah okay it was 43 percent rotten tomatoes for critics 57 percent for the audience but if he said it was good damn it i'll give it a try 
Hey, um, um, don't look, don't look down. Was twenty one percent Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Should have been negative two percent. So give me. So I'm gonna go modern. Give me Final Destination. Give That's me a scream. great one. You scream, you would have stole my scream. Yeah, and then give me. I mean, I gotta go Nightmare on M Street. Like Freddy was more funny than, but even like as a kid, to know that somebody can come into your dreams. <laughs> That was pretty bad. And then you know, for like uh honorable mention, I gotta throw Blair Witch in. Just because that movie, when I first saw it, nobody knew what was going on. All you remember is my man standing in the corner at the end of the movie and it goes. It's a off. woman. And, it was a woman. Oh, okay. No, you sure? It, was, uh, it looked like a it looked like a witch. It was, the witch it was, was, it was a, no, I think it was a I think it was a guy. I think it was a guy. Yeah. No, no, wait. In the corner. And it's both quarters. Yeah. We didn't know what was happening with that movie. No. <laughs> I got motion sickness well, in that movie, actually. Well, it is Halloween week, so hopefully you guys I never have finished already mine. partied and so what I you haven't got? Finished mine. My um is gonna be a tie between The Exorcist and Poultry Guys. Those are good classics too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good scary movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but yes, it is Halloween week. Trick or treating on Tuesday for folks. The candy is also the good part of Halloween. My sweet tooth is like out of control. So it's a daily struggle for me not to be 700 pounds with the way I like to eat sweets. But do you eat all the, we, we got to be honest. We don't eat all the candy. We have to inspect it. And then if it's something that's been openable, you can't even eat it. You got to throw it away. That's, that's less than 1% now. You know what the strange thing is? I've never been a fan of candy even as a kid. Wow. But you really like desserts, right? I like baked desserts. Okay. So, like, they're not putting that in the basket. No. no. But you'd be surprised. So some of the things we see now. Yeah. I remember Matt a couple years ago got money from one house. He got uh, he got something a couple years ago. I was like, you know what? We must live in a really nice neighborhood because I don't know how. Oh, one house had pizza outside. Yeah. For the kids. Yeah, I've seen like, that. Yeah, just like grab pizza, and and they had candy too. So shout out to whoever that is. You're the real MVP. All right, let's get to wrestling. We we talked Halloween. Oh, favorite Halloween wrestling moment though. Being from Detroit, it was Halloween Havoc. I think ninety, maybe ninety six. And so is this like WCW? WCW. Yeah. Okay. They were at Cobo Hall. It was Hulk Hogan and Paul White, Big Show, on the roof. And the Kobo? Hogan, yep, and Hogan knocks Big Show off the roof. Okay. And we like, oh, so he, he died. This was like on their pre-show. And then like he comes back and wrestles the main event like nothing ever happened. Google that one too. <laughs> I'm doing Craziness. it right now. Craziness. <laughs> Episode 78 of That's Freaking Wrestling TFW Podcast. You guys know who we are. We are the Triple Threat. I am Matt, your host, joined by my co-hosts, Ishan and Rhodesia. Shout out to all of you guys, as always, for supporting us, listening to us. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Let's get right into it. And I just want to start with Paul Heyman's the GOAT. Paul mm-hmm. Heyman is the absolute GOAT of talking. I think we've already submitted he was the GOAT of, like, managing, uh, advocating, but like what he did on Friday SmackDown with correlating Solo's finisher to Cena's 
biggest thing he's still bringing to the business, which is promos. Like, all right, man, you got it. Like, you can sell anything. And not that I wasn't, I wasn't down on Cena and Solo. I was like, okay, that'd be like a fun match to watch. Like, I could take it or leave it. And after that segment, I was like, damn it, you got me again. Mm-hmm. You, you got me again, Heyman. So he's the GOAT. I, I just wanted to start with that. He's the GOAT. When I heard that, and actually in the moment of that, watching that promo, I'm like, he knew the assignment. Well, first off, he made the assignment, knew the assignment, and just killed it. He did it perfectly. He did it absolutely perfectly. He got that Samoan uh, spike down to where it's so over. Not saying that it wasn't over before. We know that that was his finisher. But he made it to where now it makes put just that much more. Do I like like a referee? (laughs) You do know I'm talking right now, right? Do I like a referee? Do I like a referee? No? All right, I'll take it off. I'm sorry. Proceed. I'm done. My bad. Okay. Easy, your turn. And you guys don't know that I have started the proceedings of opening a that's freaking OnlyFans for Rhodesia's feet. For Rhodesia's feet. And you guys missed. Hey, hold on a second now. Let me hit all these. I've been trying to get her. Where is all mine? I'm going to just, I'm going to go until I just can't find any more. Like, what else we got? And we're going to drum roll until we, we launch it. You know what I'm saying? It's not a joke. You know, like, we, we just, we're going to hit them all. We just, we're going to hit them all. I'm sorry, man. I ain't going to step on you. What were you saying? And, and, right, and right before the show, you know, Matt's undressing as we're going sure into the show. Sure I mean, was. nipples out and, you know, the head exposed. Everything's just, just hanging out. The so head exposed. We're we going we gonna to have... <laughs> Oh, we gonna have what? That's Imagine, freaking uh, OnlyFans. Matt and Rhodesia doing it big in Chicago. So, um, but yeah, Rodesia back to said, what Rhodesia said is Halloween, and I'm like, I should have wore something. And she's like, wear the, the referee outfit. And like, we literally are like starting the theme music, and like, I had Matt come through it, and I had to make a quick change. I feel like I was like on concert. You know how like in between songs they change mm-hmm. wardrobes real quick? Mm-hmm. That's why the ass like, was oh, out. So, the so ass was out. The head was right out. <laughs> Ten yard penalty. Chill out. Stick, stick to the wrestling talk. We are off the rails already. This, this pod, right, this pod, pod already started. Like, dang. Sorry, guys. Yeah, like, but hopefully hey, this, we, is, this is fun for y'all. We give them, we give them what they want. Toes and ass. <laughs> oh, that's freaking wrestling. I but miss look. my girl Liv. Speaking of back in ass, I miss my girl Liv. Oh man, when she get fired, I thought like her her fancy account gonna be off the hook. <laughs> um, but yeah, Heyman. That's why we love wrestling. That's freaking wrestling right there, y'all. Yep. Like just how it was masterful telling how he was really selling that Samoan spike, mm-hmm. some and really selling John Cena and what his voice means. To him, his career, right? Movies, etc. All like, man, this is just masterful. I love this is storytelling. This is why this is why we love wrestling. Is those kind of moments. I thought that was just great. It was great because and, like, and it wasn't needed either. Like, say if he didn't he do that, he was be like, okay, it makes Cena sense. Thing the because OVW bloodlines got into his up, business, vice just versa. That right, insider the, talk there like, made me you feel more important. Uh oh. Yep. What were you saying? I think we talked over each other. I was just saying that the props he gave to John Cena to enter in the ring, just saying, hey, I remember in OVW, the person who was going to be the number one, I even said it was going to be you, John Cena. Just from, from the moment 
all his facials from coming down to the ring. The first interruption from when Cena was talking to me, just, it was perfect. Perfect. Word came out a few days ago, which we knew this already, but I guess it's official because the Observer reported it. Uh, no Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Looks like he's going to work Saudi, which is Saturday, against LA Knight, and then his next scheduled show is going to be Royal Rumble in January. What's your guys' thoughts on that? And what I mean by your thoughts on it, let's kind of like, not deep dive it, because we've talked about his schedule for a long, long time, but his last match on TV was SummerSlam. He's worked one live event since, which was a couple weeks ago, I think against Sammy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Actually, it may have been last weekend. But so here we are. We're going on three months without a televised Roman match. Survivor Series is still a big four pay-per-view. He's not at Survivor Series. Now, we don't know what the card is for Survivor Series. So we may look at the card and then say we don't need him. I think you always need like your top, top talent, especially if they have one of your, your championships. But what's your guys' thoughts about him not working a big four uh, pay-per-view? Is, is Survivor Series big four? That's what you would, that's what we, first we were told kind of no, and then when War Games hit last year, it was like, okay, maybe they have to start and do that again. If you are selling whatever they're going to hit, 18,000 or whatever it is in that arena, I think that's a big four pay-per-view. Sheesh. I think the demand makes it big four, but we talked about it at the Survivors hasn't been a big deal in like 25 years or whatever it is, right? Um, But, you know, I, rem- I remember Triple H making those statements about Roman Reigns and him defending his title and the need for that World Heavyweight Championship on Raw and what that was going to mean to the company. I think that they were banking on Seth as champion being able to carry those type of events as him as the headliner champion on those shows, right? Has Seth delivered? Might be another question, but I think it's why we got a second championship is for these kind of moments right there because they, they know what Roman's contract is. They know how they're going to be using him throughout the year Hopefully we got a uh, we get. I'm going to predict a Logan Paul win at the Saudi show. New U.S. Okay. champion. You have Seth as world champion on the show. You have maybe a new U.S. champion in Logan Paul. Would that be enough to carry a you know a top four pay per view is in front of a huge audience? I think it might. That's a good point there with the Logan. My initial thoughts because I didn't hear about this. This is the first time. It made me mad. And again, this is me just removing myself from being a huge Roman fan. Why aren't you at this show? Is it because your contract said these are your dates? Is it something health related? Is it whatever the reason is? To me, this is, I still consider this a top four pay-per-view. Call it top five pay-per-view if you don't want to call it four. Because Money in the Bank, I think, kind of the, took the place of Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. why aren't you there? You, you, you need to be there. You almost, I almost feel like you have to be there. Even if you're not even having a wrestling match, you should still be there. And then to the point of, I remember when H said that we need a fighting champion when he unveiled that or unveiled that. But why? Why do we have to put all this extra pressure on Seth to be the big champion who's actually working to make up for Roman Reigns? I know Roman Reigns is a need a mover. And again, I kind of almost sound like I'm the opposite of how I really feel about him because I, I love him. I think everything he's doing is great. But it does. When you first said that, I'm like, why isn't he there? Because I just remember the hate I spewed at Brock Lesnar when he didn't wrestle. I mean, like, I was like, fuck him and everything yeah, about him. You sure were. 
Yeah. You sure were. So. And Brock, it, I, we have to go back and look, but it feels like Brock was there much more often than Roman. Uh, just a little year. bit more. I, I I had did a couple weeks ago. I looked back at that already, and it was only a few more that Brock had. In that a few ring. more appearances or matches? Do you remember? Match matches. I don't know about appearances. I, it was matches that he had. Okay. I think it was like three more that he had within a one year time frame. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. Do do I think he should be there? Yes. Am I upset that he's not there? I'm going to say no, because I knew he wouldn't be, but I guess it was just kind of the finality of the report coming out that, hey, he's not working it. Um, Because I do think you have to use him just in big moments. Now, this is when he could say, hey, look, if Cody would have took the title at Mania, this is, may not even be a conversation. Yep. And and yes, there, that's a valid absolutely valid point yeah I still think there's there was a lot of meat on the bone to, to keep the belt on roman so when he does drop it to cody next year which hopefully it is next year it's going to mean more because it, it will mean more in philly than what it meant in la and we saw just from their interaction on smackdown a couple weeks ago just how much that moment felt so i just i wanted to bring it up because i was like all right i wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it um last thing hey, on hey, that, before hey, you I, I want to, i'm gonna step on, on that. you too but go ahead rodisha um this is nba started this week we all know that. Well, people who follow Bay knows that. Ooh. I think. I think. I think we need to incorporate the hey, whole. Pistons two and one, baby. <laughs> let's go. Hey, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Hey, cut a ham. Um. Okay, I to got go. Hype on, I got. I got. I got hype on the Pistons right now. I'm about to lose my train. Go. No, listen. They should incorporate something like what Adam Silva said. The UK had these superstars missing out on games for low management. <laughs> Roman, yeah, you got. Say. You got to come and show. He's like, hey, look, either you, you got Cena, you got Roman. And, like, look, SmackDown, I think this last week was the fifth consecutive show where they've had more than 10,000 people in attendance, paid attendance, which is massive. It's, I mean, it just speaks to, like, stars. Stars move tickets. Stars move hey, tickets. but listen. And, and good stories. Like, right before you guys move on, though. So, y'all tripping. You know why he ain't there? Because it ain't his contract. And guess what? If y'all, so if y'all boss told you Roman that ain't black, you though. had Sunday Roman off. Roman ain't black though. Hey, he close. Black people ain't it. coming in he when it's not supposed to. That's right. Like I ain't coming in. Hey, if it ain't in my contract, I ain't going to work. That's what it is. It I, ain't I in his contract. You. I feel you. All right. I, That's I, why you're not I go to work there. when it's not scheduled. But but Roman's it's, not black. <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like all of a sudden like they call Roman and say hey uh, hey pal <laughs> you want to fire series hell no I ain't working today. no no it's not in his contract. They knew that. They signed They signed his ass on that contract. <laughs> All right? And then number two, going back into it, since y'all are so up in arms about it right now, and Matt, you said it, how significant has it been other than, <laughs> like, Roman Reigns has, has broken this record, right, for this, this reign. Mm-hmm. But he ain't did it by defending that mug. He just been holding that mug hostage, right? He had a crib on vacation and he broke a record. He ain't been, he ain't been defending his champion all year long, right? That's the only thing he's got out of it. He's held the title. He ain't defended it. He's held the title and broke a record, right? Right. They could have gave me and Cody and our daddies our moment at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. We would have had some title defenses and guess what? Much wouldn't have changed. Like, right, because Roman wouldn't have been there anyway. You don't, don't think so? You don't he, think much would have changed with Cody and how popular Cody is right now? Well, I mean, according to you, I mean, I was sleeping. I got woken up with a text message um, calling me an F word about how Cody ain't even selling the hottest shirts no more, right? Well, he's, <laughs> number, he's number eight on the list. He's number eight on the list. And where you at, F word, right? 
Yeah, he called me an effort. Go go back and look at it. Go back and look on the text, man. I got insulted out of my sleep. An F word. Yeah, I got insulted out of my sleep while while Matt or Matt disrespected another black man in Cody Rhodes flag via on text. <laughs> flag on the play. Just because he's from Atlanta doesn't mean he's black. Uh, Jimmy Uso. I, I I like I do like when I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong in this one because this is a completely different character than it was a couple months ago. But Jimmy Jimmy is the new. Best worst right hand man you can have. The best new worst right hand man. <laughs> Say that five times fast. No, I mean when he laid on that couch, like, whoo. Listen, <laughs> like, hey, bro, you if you don't get up and get out of here, he said, "Call the play, call the audible." <laughs> man, I, he's like he's doing fantastic in his role. It was absolutely it sucked coming out of SummerSlam. It wasn't iffy. It wasn't touch and go. It sucked and. He's they they they've course corrected and he's awesome in his role. So I, I wanted to shout that out because I was not high on Jimmy's role at all coming right out of SummerSlam. Uh, something I do want to bring up to you guys: Bully Ray on Busted Open made a comment about LA Knight. I want to get you guys' thoughts. And he said uh, in Saudi, he needs to prove to the office they're going to move him forward. He has to prove to the office that he can hang with Roman Reigns on a very big stage. You would think that. You're either going to swing, sink or swim. They're going to look for the little things. They're going to look for the transitions. I did not hear the segment. I only read the quote. And when I'm, when I'm thinking he's talking about what transitions is, what I say that I'm so excited to see what Jay does in WWE. What are you doing in between the moves? What are you doing in between the big things? How does that look? How do you go from point A to point B? in said match, and said promo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We saw another interaction with them on SmackDown. One, what's your guys' thoughts about what Bully had to say? And then do you feel like, as of right now, we got less than a week to go before their match, LA Knight is exactly where he needs to be to be challenging Roman Reigns for the title? That's heavy. The first one, shouldn't we've already been seeing these said transitions? LA Knight hasn't, he's not brand new to this game. He's, he's been wrestling for 10, 15 years. So I would have thought we've already would have been seeing these transitions. So maybe I'm just not understanding the point that Bully is um, making or saying, is he ready to be challenging Roman? This is kind of what I had feared for about a month or so ago. I don't think anybody was. I, but the per the closest person that was to it, besides again Cody, would have been LA Knight because of the genuine excitement that was behind him. So the second part of your question, yes, because he was the only option. Yeah, I actually heard that um those comments live. Cause unfortunately, you know, I sit in the car driving a lot, living in Atlanta. One of the worst states there mm. is. <laughs> Mm. For, for driving dude you traffic. need to move you need to move man like, oh it's in, hate, it's in it's in the works i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here man <laughs> but um i understand what he's saying yes um ellie knight has been around for a long time but he's not a name that's he hasn't been a big name for a long time like right. this is his shot. This is it for him, right? And wrestling in WWE on a big stage, main event style is different than what we see on some of the indie shows. It would be sometimes in AEW, right? right? It's, yep. it's 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 a difference. Um, that style always isn't something that I'm a fan of, right? You think about man, like the Triple H, Kane, 
even Undertaker type main event matches have always been my cup of tea, but I know exactly what he's talking about um, and how that style kind of really tells a story inside that ring. I think that LA Knight's going to step up. I think that for me as a fan, I've seen the growth of him as a performer for over the past year. I think he's getting better and better in the ring. He's getting better and better on the microphone. I know there's uh, a lot of discord about, is he just a one-liner? Is he more than just those one-liners? I think he's transitioning. I think he's learning how to kind of navigate in this landscape. I think he's Mm -hmm. figured it out. Um, Do I think he's going to go over? No, but we can discuss that maybe next week. Um, But I think he's going to, it's going to be a great show for him. He's going to be something that's going to allow him to build to his char- build his character more, right? Because we still don't know who L.A. Knight is, what he wants, what he, what's, what motivates him, but this can be used, and I think even more so than Cody. So I think at the time, it was like it, it was like too much too soon for Cody, but I think there was a long 20-year story with him, with his dad right. and his uprise from starting when he was 19 up to where he's now he's a 38-year-old man. You know, we don't know that story. We don't have that backstory with LA Knight, right? So this can be right. the beginning of that for him, right? This loss, it can be even an embarrassing loss for him at Saudi, right? That can be a story of struggle that gets him to the mountaintop for next time, right? So I think next week, this is going to be a beginning of a, a great story for that man, LA Knight. I do too, man. I think, um, and I, I, I said on X, if you're not following us there, follow us. That's FNW. He's done great the majority of times and since since SummerSlam. I think he has stubbed his toe a couple times also. I think most notably probably the one promo exchange with The Miz where The Miz ate him up. That was the one where mm-hmm. uh, LA Knight kind of flubbed a couple lines and then he went to the Maurice line about call me, you know, and I'll come over and take care of you. It's like, but you already lost because now we're talking like this is, we're trying to see where you are in this promo battle. And we know Miz is one of the best talkers of all time when it comes to WWE. So they put him in there with him to see if he can do that. I think now it's like, all right, here's your next, your final stepping stone. I think if he, I think he did a good job Friday. I think uh, they taped SmackDown already because they'll be in Saudi, of course, on Friday. Uh, I'm sure they got something planned there that he's going to come out looking right or looking right enough for the match because he got a lot of heat on Roman on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. On the mic, he got heat on him, and he left him laying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, he got a lot on mm-hmm. on Friday, so I'm sure Roman to get some back on him on uh, next week's show, and then on Saturday in Saudi, I think to your point, wherever he's at, okay, now they're going to reassess him. Hey, is he where right. we thought he would be from a positive perspective? Okay, now where does what does that look like for the Rumble? Maybe what does that look like for War Games? If he's going to be on one of those teams. Uh, and then, yeah, all right, now let's, okay, yep, he's where he needs to be. There's a trajectory. Or if by some chance he fumbles, which I can't see him fumbling in a match against Roman. I can't. Roman is too good to let that happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but I, 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 see, am, what, I see what Bully's saying. I'm a tiny bit, though, concerned, if that's the word I want to use, on how this match style is going to look. Because Roman can be very, very slow and methodical in his matches. And... I don't know how that's going to play out with LA Knight style. I am, I'm a little bit, um, maybe not. Oh, like for instance, if this person and this person goes together, I know this is going to be a banger of a match. I don't feel that way fully with these two. It'd be better than him and Jay from SummerSlam guaranteed. 
put my money down on it. Take that one to the bank. If you are a betting person, oh yeah, uh, it's ten in a row now. I've lost by one, one by one, one leg. leg on a parlay. One leg on a parlay. One person I would put stock on to Triple H, my man. Got Cedric Alexander back on television. Hell of a showing with Dragon Lee. You know I hate the the good showings, but I knew he wasn't going to beat. Love uh, Dragon Lee when I saw that match but when I saw the promo package that's mm-hmm. when I got excited it's when I got excited Triple H was like we finally got Vince out <laughs> call Cedric he's up he's up he's up next we know Triple H love love him some Cedric so I, I, that was probably one of the highlights for me from Smackdown was just seeing Cedric used in a actual legit role and I'm hoping now we can get him where he should have been a long time ago outside of 205 Live with um they when he's doing his entrance and you had made a comment oh he got a video package because I guess that was just the cadence and the sound that you knew they were about to turn or turn it over into a video package I'm like wait huh what and then when I saw the video package I'm like oh hell yeah they do still believe in him they still do believe in him I'm like okay and again great showing again with him but we always known this about him he's always been yeah. good but he ain't 205 no more I'll tell you that much no, that boy oh, puts some muscle dead. on. <laughs> he 225, oh, yeah. baby. Yeah, he, he a big dude now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I love that video package too. Um, I asked you what I had to know about. I'm like, oh, all right. Swole, Swole's husband's back. Yeah. <laughs> He's yep. back, man. And, and he should have never left. And I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. But they're talking about like some of the changes that Vince McMahon has made on the show. And I don't think a lot of changes he's made have been horrible. But I think it's definitely we've seen we're seeing who he wants and doesn't want on those shows. Like you're starting to see a lot of people return back onto the shows, like a Nikki Cross, um, where Piper came back, um, now like Cedric. And it was a and they made it a point to talk about in that video package with Triple H raising his arm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. right. Almost like he's like, yo, I brought him in, I'm bringing him back, we're gonna do something with him. And he had a nice match. With Dragon Lee, I'm hoping this is. For, um, we're going to see more than just him sh- having the quote unquote. You know, Matt loves him. I, I, I don't know why you acting like you don't like these great showings. You love him. And I <laughs> hope it's more. I hope, but I'm hoping, I I'm hoping this is more, more than that for him. I like it when it is. Hey, it was a great showing, and now we're being pushed immediately after that. What I don't like is just the. I I, I go back to uh, Caden Carter and what's my girl's name. Tag team. Katana Chase. Katana. Katana. Yep. They brought him up. They've had multiple great showings and then nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm good. I'm good on that type of great showing. Oh, speaking of great showing, too, um, let me hit the the air horn. Ronald goes to chase you and uh, Valkyrie. Little Valkyrie on NXT for winning those championships. I, I did not see Becky losing like that. Jay was there, which was a fantastic touch. Uh, really, another really good show by by NXT. Um, Chase U is ready. I think Chase U is ready. I think they have a lot of people that they're now ready to be moved to the main roster. And we've said a lot. We don't have to keep belaboring the point. But just to see how far that promotion has gone, where you think like maybe 12 to 18 months ago, it was like two people that could be ready. Mm-hmm. And now you can say, hey, there's probably like, uh, six to ten yeah. that can make an immediate impact on either raw or smackdown that speaks to the work that they're, they're doing down there so shout out to everybody down in, in nxt uh, y'all have anything else this popped up and i was like i can't wait to talk about this I mean, y'all got anything m- more on smackdown 
or NXT before I moved to Ronda Rousey's next move in wrestling? I don't know if it's me having higher expectations after it became a reality or not, but I'm going to say I feel Carlito's return has been so underwhelming. Mm. Is it, was he made to come back just as a utility person or was he supposed to have some star power coming back? Hey, you know what though? I actually thought the exact same thing when he brought him back. Like he's, he comes like, I don't know why he's there. Mm -hmm. Right. Just to kind of put him in a fact. And you know, it might've been one thing if the LWO was like super over, Mm -hmm. but they're not. So he's kind of come and he's kind of in a cold faction right now. Um, but I mean, there's, there's story there and they're continuing to develop it. Um, but with the NXT thing, guys, I'm surprised we didn't just go right into that earlier. We were talking about Halloween Havoc because we are, that is Halloween Havoc. Week one was this week with these great matches and it was a great card. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the breakout, um, women's tournament. Um, you know, so next week we're going to see, uh, my girl Lola Vice. And I can't think of other young lady's name. Cute um, little curly hair. Kalani. 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 Yeah. Kalani. Um, in her in her uh, Spider Gwen outfit, I thought that was really cool. I actually was surprised that Ariana Grace didn't didn't win. I, I kind of expected her to kind of get to the finals, but she doesn't really need it because she she actually has a really nice character, um, out of the bracket too. But. I love to see uh, my girl Lola Vice win, um, come over. Yeah, I think this is Lola Vice's tournament to win, like, by far. And I also think her, uh, the match Tuesday was a little clunky with her. And uh, who's your girl that's out right now? She had an ACL surgery. Uh, what's her the name? The girl she was facing? No, uh, the one that's out right now. Thick girl. Curly hair. Uh, she w- so, 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 Rika? So, Rika? No. Oh, so, no, no, so, no, no, no. Rika. Oh, and she's no. thin. She's a right. The old girl, Good man. Girl. Like you love her. Um, Remember the, the witch McCall? You know her name. What's her name? The the, the karate name? one. The one that does the MMA. She oh, does the oh no, that's Brandon's girl. That's uh, Nikita. Nikita Lyons. Oh man, no, nah, she's so, my girl. I love Nikita yeah. Lyons. Nikita Lyons. So, Woo. shout out to Brandon. That's, that's that's his girl. That is that is Brandon's girl too. Um, Lola Why are you putting his business out there like that? I'm sure he under no, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably every guy's girl if you just see her body. But old girl that Lola Vice wrestled does Nikita Lions better than, than Nikita Lions does oh. Nikita Lions. Oh. And, that's and, and, that's, up. and that's and that's, that's a shoot. Yeah, no, go, that's go back up. and watch. Not necessarily that match, because that match was a little whatever, you got like two rookies in there, but she, yeah, she's actually yeah. she's good. She's good. Okay. Um, so then EC, you brought up NXT. Give me your thoughts on Lexus King. You brought him up on the last pod. You said how excited you were. Give me your initial thoughts on his debut match and his debut presentation. You know what? I actually had that as a note, but I had it further down on the list. I actually liked it. I like his entrance, too. Comes out with the, I think it's a mirror chair with the smoke. So like he, got, he has a kind of, a, yeah, so he has kind of like a unique entrance. Um, the match itself was, was, it was all right. Match itself was all right. Um, he still has some room to grow, but there's there's something definitely there for him. So I can't wait to see well, I can see his continued progression as a character in NXT. If you didn't know him at all before in AEW and you saw his debut, would you say, oh, okay, I, I, I can get behind this guy eventually? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. I like his look. 
I like the entrance. Uh, his promos are unique. Um, so I'm intrigued. That's the one thing I like about NXT. So like in NXT, I think it's a, it's a great spot. I understand it's developmental. So I'm, I know as a fan, what I'm, I think of it as college, right? Right before, right before the pros, right? So I expect, right. I don't expect it to be super tight. I don't expect it to be, you know, um, necessarily seasoned, mm-hmm. right? I expect that. So I think this his hit weight when I'm watching him, I'm watching him grow. And I like that. I like seeing young guys grow. He's not, I guess he's not that young, super young, but he's still young. No, he's young. Yeah, he's young. Um, I, I see I was, his, no young guys grow. I wasn't as high as you were on it. And that was, that was my worry with the promos. Last pod, when I kind of said how they were setting them up, you got all these legends in this video package. You know, he's watching on TV. You're going to think like, oh, this guy is the, is the real deal off top. And I don't think anybody watched that. We're different because we watch with a different lens. But if you are just watching what is being presented to you, I would think the majority of people would say like, oh, okay, he's, a, he's another guy that has a cool entrance. Like I, like, I don't even think he embodied the entrance, to be, to be honest with you. Like, it was just like, okay, it's cool. It, it was what I was worried would happen. Like, I personally wouldn't go out of my way to look to watch him again. So say, like, if I really don't watch NXT Weekly, but I tuned in because, damn, O'Brien Pillman's kid is wrestling now. Let me tune in to watch. I think if I just watched, you know, from his entrance to his match, I would be like, all right. But that was some added pressure, though. You just said, "Oh, yeah." Because I, I think, I, I think, I think, Matt, when you're you were setting yourself up and him for failure, because you had expectations, almost like you have Jay like expectations for this man coming out. Like he has to set the world on fire in this match, or it was like down. Like I, I told you last week, hey, don't expect that from him. But like, that's what I somebody... thought they did with those promo packages. They so did you're that. saying so you're saying they set him up to shine, and because he's just a little shining, it was a letdown. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. you those like those video packages were some of the best pack. We we sat here for weeks and talked about. Damn, they've made Pillman more um, important. Uh, I think you said, but important. like yeah, they like we we're talking and giving him more time than he has his entire tenure in AEW. So when you give me that, and I, I'm watching with the TV you're watching, I see Brian Pillman, I see Stone Cold Steve Austin talking, I see Randy Orton flashes. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm a, once again, I'm only going off of what I'm seeing. So when I see that, and then I see what was presented on Tuesday, yes, we all know he's down there to learn, to get better, et cetera, et cetera. And I still think he's going to be good. It, it's not about that. To me, it was just about like the initial impression. It was kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I wouldn't go on my way to, to, to check for him based off of just what I saw Tuesday night. That's all. But you also, if you think about it, if they, if that's what they were, if they wanted you to to feel that way, they wouldn't have put him in that type of match with that guy. They gave, they gave that guy, I haven't seen him before. That too. And they gave that guy who we've never seen before a lot in that match. Now, Lexus King doesn't book his own match and how long it goes and whose opponent is. Like they consciously put him in that match with Mm -hmm. that guy and gave that guy that much offense. If they Mm -hmm. want him to dominate and just, just to get his, his shine on, they would have done that. But obviously they have other plans, right? They want him to work full match and they have to see something this other guy they brought in to, you know, to fight against him, right? So it's all about, they're taking their time with him. They're taking their time with him. And two, you know, I want to be, I, you know, this is one of the drawbacks of being the smart fans that we are, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like Brian Pillman has had some, some attitude issues and some problems um, in AEW that, you know, or maybe well-documented or not, 
they don't want to give the man too much too soon. They want to work him in there, make him probably appreciate, you know, what, what, what he's given and, and allow him to, you know, blossom right under us. And I think I think that's what he's going to do. Where would you guys overall thoughts about Becky's NXT title reign? Cool. Brought some extra eyes over to NXT. Um, got some extra eyes on Lyra. So I thought I thought it was an A. I thought her reign was an A. I, I'm now interested to see what happens now on Raw. Absolutely. I agree with Rhodesia. I think it was what it was supposed to be. Yep. I do too. So I brought up uh, Ronda Rousey. I don't know if y'all saw this. I had to <laughs> check to make sure this is legit, and it is. Tuesday, November 16th, she is working an independent show. The Wrestling Revolver Unreal Show, which is going to be in Los Angeles, California. They announced that. So she is completely gone from WWE. No fanfare. No big send-off. Wow. To think of how she debuted with Kurt Angle, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, at Mania New Orleans. One of the best debuts in wrestling history to being in the first ever women's main event with Charlotte, Becky Lynch in Jersey to years later puts over one of her best friends at a SummerSlam in a match that was what it was to now working indie dates. Wow. <laughs> what would like, what, what are we to, to make of this? I guess besides us getting that Ronda Rousey is all elite graphic here soon. But besides that, what do we, what, like, what is going on? So, you know, I like to support people of our culture. Cody, <laughs> Ronda. I don't care about Ronda. Flag on the play. She's one of the best MMA fighters in the history of the business. You got to care about her a little bit. A little bit. Not, not, not at all. Okay, I don't even want to say this out loud, but when I saw that, I thought I was drunk when I was reading it on Twitter. So I put my phone well, well, down. Were you drunk? So, I mean, let's start there. Were you drunk? I don't know. So that's why I was like, it's a possibility. So that's why I just put the phone down because I'm like, oh, this ain't even a real website or something that I saw sure that on. Uh -huh. um, and so <laughs> she has to own this independent company, does she? Or does she not? Because like, no, I don't know why, I... why you would... So and, I mean, and, 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 and th this is a, I, I've heard of them before, uh, for mm -hmm. sure. I've heard of them before, but Moxie's going to be yeah. on this show. Mm -hmm. um, who else? But it's still the Our indies. boy, uh, Gringo Loco's going to be on the show. Oh, I love um, him. No, I mean, so like, I think Alex Haley is going to be on the show. So like, wrestling is a Marina's yeah. going to be in there too, right? I think yeah. she's going to be That's on that show too. too. So yeah, so, yeah. so this is, this is a, a, a well-known or a very nice independent promotion. But to see Ronda Rousey going from WWE, and I'm, I'm guessing she's happy. And that's, at and, the end of the day, that's all that matters. And that's I was going to say that if, if she, like, you look at somebody like Cody who left WWE, and he said, nope, I'm going to just take my path and start it from indies and work my way back up. We know that Ronda is an athlete, a fighter. And a lot of times your victories are the small things. If she felt like, and I'm just kind of speculating here, if she felt like her run in WWE wasn't the best because of maybe she, her shortcomings here and there, let me go into Indies and let me work on that. I just thought she was just done with wrestling, but because clearly she's not, maybe she's just trying to go find, fill in the blanks of her career and try to find and build when she came to WWE, kind of like what we talked about with Jay, what we talked about um, Alexis, they're coming with the all this pressure on them. This is allowing her to go out there and figure out who you are, who you want to be, 
and thrive in that. And if she's there with her girl, Marina, even better, she's in a now in a safe environment too. So I'm happy then to hear kind of how all this worked out. Um, but I thought she was just done with wrestling, but I guess not. Hey, Matt, you said a scary thing to me, man. If this leads to <laughs> Let's a- go, baby. Let's go. Go Ronda ahead. Ronda Rousey is all elite. Go we ahead, man. We, we getting that graphic, trouble, bro. We getting that graphic. And we going to get that it- graphic. We getting that graphic December 30th at this pay-per-view. What is it called? Like uh, All Worlds or World is Over mm-hmm. or something like that. December 30th. Mm-hmm. In oh, Jersey. I know. It's called. Um, oh, shit. I'm not good at quick with it. What was what was WWE's old Armageddon? It's Armageddon. Armageddon. It's going to yeah. be AEW's Armageddon, where MJF <laughs> is going to announce he is staying with AEW. Huge pop in front of his hometown crowd. We get the Rousey All Elite graphic. We get something else. It's coming, man. Hey, if y'all thought we had some deuces of promos from her in WWE, just imagine what we would get in AEW. But no, oh she's God. no, she's in the indie, so she's going to work on that. She's going to get no, better at that. Just don't talk. Just treat, that her too. Like the rest of, treat her like the that rest of the women's division. Tony, you don't let them talk unless it's oh, like Tony Storm. Stop. You know what? Or, Let's move on. Please. You know, move who on. told treat, you treat it was open mic night, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> treat them like everybody else. It will be just fine. Um all right, so let's 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 talk about AEW. Let's start from a couple of notes from Wednesday and then work our way just to last night on collision. Because E, you haven't seen Collision yet. You as soon as we're done, if you got time tonight, you got to watch MJF and Kenny Omega. Incredible match. But we'll get to that. Let's start with Swerve. Swerve is the man. Swerve's been the man. Swerve ain't missed in months. And him showing up to Hangman's house and giving the baby free merch, I was like, dude, crown this man. Give him every single title. That free merch, though, came with a consequence, though, Matt. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I look at, I look it, at it as he, he threatened he that child. Baby. He said, you're going to pay for the sins of your father. Yes. Mm. That baby didn't just get no free merch. That baby got marked. That's what that baby just got. <laughs> so I can't get mad at MJF for throwing drinks on little kids. And I get mad at Swerve for marking his little infant. <laughs> Breaking in and the ring. He hey. killed that, though. He killed it. You can tell this ain't real life, though, because that was another black man going to someone's house like that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, absolutely what? <laughs> this, this, you got to, you got to really suspend your disbelief. <laughs> hey, I got to make sure my kids never see that scene because that's cool, but swerve. It ain't good for us, son. Okay, but that's some, that's some nuclear heat right there. Again, yep. another great guy who has left the monster and had themselves themselves gotten better and bigger. Um, awesome. It's going to be great, too, to be able to kind of look and maybe we have a conversation like maybe this time next year and just crown him as potentially probably being the best person who's jumped from mm-hmm. WWE, NXT to AEW outside. No, of it's like without Brian question. Andrew. He is. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Like he, he is. is completely different, completely different guy. So love him. Shout out to him. I did want to bring hey, you know, this real up. quick, real quick. Yeah. Um, you know what? Swerve is, reminds me of a young Chris Jericho. In what way? Not from like a character standpoint or even a wrestling standpoint, but just somebody very creative. If you remember Chris Jericho in WCW, like that whole run was him. Like with Rufus, I don't know if you probably didn't see that, Rhodesia. Um, but like 
part of what got Chris Jericho super over is how entertaining he was in WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't even a promo guy back then. All of a sudden, he came a great promo, became very entertaining. He had the um, Ralphish thing. He came out. Uh, he was a uh, he was wrestling Dean Malenko. And he was calling him Stinko Malenko, and he would uh, always like mispronounce people's names. Um, he, like Dean Malenko was like the man of a thousand holes. Well, J- Chris Jericho was the man of a thousand and one holes. Just mm-hmm. things like that. He created. Oh my God! Standing armbar, laying armbar. He creatively put himself on the map because creative didn't give him any of that. That was all Chris Jericho, and it, and and it parlayed him into having like one of the greatest careers, right? What we're seeing for Swerve right now is that same type of creativity. Like this is Swerve. This is everything from his imagination to his mind, his vision of a character, and it's on full display. And I can't wait till we see him as the first Black AEW champion. Shout out to that. Couldn't say it better myself. Wanted to bring up Moxley talked about his concussion. Did you guys see this already? No. I did not. Okay. Uh, speaking to the messenger, Moxley said the concussion happened 30 seconds in, which we knew that, and sent him to fucking outer space for like 10 minutes, Moxley said. I just kept getting progressively more lost and couldn't figure out where the fuck I was. Then I had this moment of clarity of, oh, I'm fucked up. I got to get the fuck out of here. Despite Moxie mm-hmm. suffering a concussion almost immediately, the match went on for over 11 minutes, and Moxie was dropped on his head twice as part of the mm-hmm. finish because the referee, Rick Knox, did not count to three after the first Phoenix driver, despite Moxie not getting his shoulder up. Moxie was visibly not himself after the match, needing to get help to the back. Uh, Moxley said, in pro wrestling, it's a really touchy subject, talking about concussions. Somebody's got to fucking bring it up. Pro wrestling is such a strange thing. In football, if a guy goes down and he doesn't get back to the huddle, you know he's fucked up. In pro wrestling, a lot of times, it's hard to tell what's real and what's fake. Maybe a really experienced wrestler and a really experienced doctor who are trained to see signs of that shit are watching it on a separate feed. Even if they have a doctor close to ringside, what if the guy fucking spills outside the ring? He doesn't see that. The doctor and wrestler are completely untethered to the creative portion of it. They have no idea nor any interest in what the story is, who wins, who loses, who loses, or how long it's supposed to go. If a guy fucking spins around and, and something and the doctor goes, is he okay? The wrestler can tell him, that's just a pro wrestling thing, don't worry. As far as solutions to spotting concussion in wrestling matches, Moxley suggested, as soon as the doctor sees a sign of somebody being concussed, he just hits the fucking red button. Boom, this is over. No matter how much time is left, no matter if it's on live TV, it's just over, and you figure it out from there. React. We, we talked about this before. Like, when that first dive, Moxley looked like he was out of it. This is early on in the match, and so I didn't know. You know, it was 10 minutes later, but I know when he got dumped on his head, and then when Knox didn't count to three, like, bro, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Obviously, this man, like, I, I don't know about the doctor stuff, because as Mox said, like, look, we're not wrestlers you know we don't know the ends as as much as much wrestling as all of us have watched right like we're not wrestlers we don't know what really goes on in there and how the inner work is working the actual match but they do they there should be better protocol in that company or in wwe in general to where they can spotlight these things for one, it should be if they should just go back in the day, where like WWE back in the day, like if somebody gets counted out, they get pinned, 
You just get pinched. You just get counted out. Let the storyline fix later on. Because one, if a dude can't, doesn't know where they are in a match to be able to, to kick out of one, two, three, this is probably something wrong. Right? Like these wrestlers, they should know in any moment, okay, I'm being pinned. This is the finish. I need to kick out. If the guy doesn't realize that, something has to be wrong. So you just go ahead and count that. Check on the guy afterwards. Like, right? And in that moment, it's not the referee's fault for doing his job. One, two, three, because we know that's the rule. So right. it's not on me. It's, it's on you as the wrestler that you, couldn't, that you couldn't kick out. Right? And if you couldn't kick out because something happened, then let's get this guy some, some attention. I, I absolutely agree with them. I think that they need to, I think this needs to be a wake up call for the industry to have somebody that can check these things, right? They should have somebody when there's signs throughout the match. That's when you get the ref on the earpiece, like, hey, check on Mox. Is he, ask him if he's, is he good? Like, right? Yep. No storyline is more important than anybody's health. I became such a deeper, even MMA fan because so many hits in a fight they'll call it quick there's been times i've been like you called it too early but the point is you're protecting the person the human for moxley to come out and say that it kind of breaks my heart to hear that's how that 11 plus minutes went for him the moment you are concussed and there are some signs that's there you need to end that match i don't care how nasty it looks i don't care people spent all their money to come here no storyline is more important than somebody's health and it sounds like there's a breakdown between like the doctors and the producers so he brought up a great resolution let's find a way so that they are both in sync and they are both can openly communicate in real time to say hey if there's some issues going on there reading that and then we pulled a couple layers back moxley was pissed hell yeah he is how that all went down rightfully so we talked about it when it happened i call knox trash as knox because in what is presented on TV, he he's not a real ref. Like he goes along with letting people just you know in the ring for more than thirty seconds at a time. They're outside the ring for two minutes. He's not counting. That's we know that's just the the creative liberty of what AEW does. Uh, but that is a travesty of what happened that night. And we came out here and talked about it the episode after it happened. And I said, if we can see it at home, mm. how can he not see it? And how is there somebody backstage to say? Yo, call this match. We got to go home now. He is out of it. Just like what he said, too, and you said it, too. When you can't kick out, and this is like your number one thing as a wrestler in muscle memory. If you know that you were supposed to win, you know to kick out. If you can't do that, something ain't right here. Because you said it's time to go home. And the Knox is like, well, that wasn't the finish to the match. So, And, like, he deserves some of the blame. He does. I'm sorry. And I think, Knox, right? Yeah, we've seen him Absolutely. Since, right? Um, I can't yes. remember. I think, I think so. I, I, yes. I, I would know if we didn't. But, yeah, that, that tells me he's pissed, which he has a right to be. Hopefully, they listen to him. Um, I don't even think you need to have an independent person at ringside. How about we just use – there is a doctor at ringside. He is there for those type of things. Somebody's got to get in that ref's ear and say, hey, check that out. Referee checks him out, and if the match needs to be stopped, match needs to be stopped. But for him to right. have wrestled another 11 minutes after that, we can see, like, yo, he is done for already. That's not cool. Man, not but cool they have all. a history of this, man. We talked about it before, like with uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Kugrov. That, that was, was the like other a year ago, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he felt, I mean, 
he fell and hit his head on the floor, and then they yeah. they, got, they 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 took him to the back, and because he passed whatever they thought he passed, he came back out. No, yeah, no. bro, just just to get the spot in, like you can't you can't do that because that 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 sets extremely dangerous precedents. And that's again along the lines of Punk leaving WWE, not a particular concussion, but just being hurt. And again, you're putting the business before this person's health, like. That that makes me really, really, really sad that he had experienced that. Yeah. And then speaking of uh, injuries, mm. word is from PW Insider that that was, that's a legit shoot Brian Danielson injury. Dude. Broken orbital bone from Wednesday, which was a shocker to me. I, I mean, I felt like the, the finish of Dynamite was like, I was like, okay. I already wasn't kind of high on the match because I felt like you used Okada just for a quote-unquote normal match and like why are you using okada for a normal match mm-hmm. like let's build this up if you're going to use them etc cetera, etc cetera, whatever so i already wasn't like really fully invested and then when i saw brian go down and he's just laying on the outside of the the ring and i'm like okay well if he was really hurt he'd roll and it would stop showing him but word is he's actually hurt so that sucks but it may it may be time for Brian to for the rest of the year, right? right? He's he's done for yeah. the rest of the year, right? That's that's what they're saying. I mean, he's getting hurt every three or four times he's going out there and, and working mm. a match. So this this is um I'm about to get on my soapbox a little bit. I'm about to complain. Here's uh, my every other week complaining about AEW. But I think to me this is a perfect example of why and how they need help writing episodic TV. So one of your biggest stars gets hurt at the end of Dynamite, kayfabe or not, shoot or not. Because after I found out it was a shoot injury, I'm like, does that change my opinion on it? And it doesn't. I'll tell you why in a second. That was how Dynamite ended. It took them 53 minutes on collision to bring up Brian's injury. And they shot a Cesaro promo talking about, Okada, this is your fault. Orange Cassidy, this is your fault. I think him and Orange works this week for Dynamite. And then he's like, Okada, wherever, if I got to go to Japan to find you, I'm going to find you. And when I do, it's on. 53 minutes. Then they get the announcers on. And announcers saying he's out for the remainder of the year. He got hurt, broken order bone. It sucks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You start collision with that promo. It ended Dynamite. You start collision with it, with Claudio. Cutting that promo, and I called him Cesaro on purpose. With Claudio starting the same way, you have the announcers put over. Brian is out. He's injured. He's hurt. He's out for the rest of the year. It sucks. Man, Claudio looks pissed. He's wrestling tonight. What is he going to bring to the table? It was a squash match that that he worked. Then you start collision. That is how you write episodic television. You cannot go 53 minutes with one of your top stars is out and you don't make a mention of it at all. Because to me, what that sounds like is it's not that important. And now knowing it's a shoot injury, you still could have done it. You have the promo pre-taped already. You just start the show with it. And now what that does is it makes people feel like, whoa, what happened? Maybe you get some extra viewers on one of your shows because it's a continuation. And there is, this is not a draft. They don't have only people who only work Dynamite and only work Collision. It is still the majority of people can bounce and go where they want to. I thought that was a, a massive miss. 
I did. I didn't think I didn't think it was anything wrong with it until you just brought it up. It's almost like you're trying to not write the best possible story or show because you had something unfortunately happen that you write. You should have started this next show with it right away. It was already made for you to bring it up. So like before you said that, I had no issues. Never thought never even crossed my mind. Why didn't they bring that up earlier? Because I was happy that Claudio had a video package to talk about it and address it. I was happy about that. But you're right. If you would have just had it at the beginning, I probably would have like, well, let me go back and watch that Dynamite match to see where that happened at. Yeah, I mean, we talk about uh, creativity. I think that um, Tony Khan is great at booking matches and creating great moments. He's great at that. Like, you know, yeah. we've seen him make some outstanding pay-per-views. Um, you know, what was it? All Out? Was the, was the one? last one? The last one we just All had. All Out right? is the big, big one. Not the one in uh, Wembley. Was that All In? That was All In, right? Yeah, yeah. All In was All Wembley. In. All Out was in Chicago. All Out, right? All Out, I mean, you guys said it was one of the best pay-per-views of the year, right? And it yeah. seemed like it was kind of, he made that within maybe a few days, right? So he's great at doing that. But what he's not great at is creating episodic television. Um, it just is what it is. Uh, that's not what just get some help. Forte. And yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, you, Brian Danielson was supposed to be put on creative, and he was one of these great booking minds, and, you know... It seems to be a similar style and a similar pace. Uh, I think that show it just is what it is. I, I think that the people high up, it's the same. It's the same thing where we have these veteran talents like Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, Billy Gunn, who know a certain way that wrestling should be presented, and it's not right. It's just the people running the show have a different philosophy on what wrestling is and how it should be presented, and this is what we're going to get. So we can talk in the we can talk to the we're like the old man yelling at the cloud on this one, right? right. It's going to be what it's going to be. Like Tony Khan's not changing the way he sees or books wrestling. Period. Not not like it. he he is the new Vince McMahon. This is his vision for pro wrestling, and we got a lot of people like Rhodesia and you know uh, and um, all of the guys. Tyler and all these other guys who love this style. This is what they like. So he's going to continue to brush over those kind of concerns because this is pro wrestling. I'm just here to make matches. I'm here to put on Kenny Omega, MJF, first time ever on Saturday night at 9.30 with little to no promotion behind it. That's what we do in this company. So I'm not going to sit here and get upset about what they should and shouldn't do. I know what it is. I know next week we're going to get Okada for MJF for the world championship, and they're going to tell me an hour before the show. That's just what's going to happen on that show. And you know what we going to do afterwards? That was the greatest match in the world. Tell me what match was better than that. That's what we're going to do every week. So it is what it is. I'm not complaining about that. He should but- hire... He should hire like Hollywood producers. He needs somebody that knows how to write TV. Because also some what of us really yes. good at, which you could also say he's almost great at. He's he's great at booking matches. He's also great with long term storytelling mapped out over a three month pay per view time period. So what I mean by that is take Adam Cole MJF before this injury. Fantastic TV. I am sure Tony knows when it's ending and how it's ending. I'm sure he knows it. They do a lot of great long-term storytelling. Sometimes it's too long. Sometimes he's like, man, this feud's been going on for fucking seven months. Like, well, what are we that's, doing why, here? that's why when someone gets injured, right, 
team team members or not team members. I'm, I'm watching too much basketball. I'm about to call them teammates. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when wrestlers like they go in hiding for a while because you no, know, he's he wants to pause the story that he wanted to tell. Right, so he's waiting for the other to guy to come back. Line. Yeah, he's waiting for the other guy to come back before he actually does his thing. But yeah, so, which I mean, which so I I, I want to give him props for that because even right now this MJF story, everybody wants MJF, everybody wants that title. I think this story is fantastic because this is one of those stories where you say, why doesn't this happen all the time in wrestling? Why are people not banging down the, the door of Roman Reigns or? Uh, at or all this saying like, look, man, this guy's not even on TV. Give me a title shot when when he shows back up. Like, what are we doing here? This is what should be happening. You got Samoa Joe. You got the Bang Bang Gang. You you had Kenny Omega. You got. Uh-huh. I mean, there was like six Warlow. Mm-hmm. There was like uh-huh. six or seven people. Yeah, that is on MJF's neck right now. And what I'm what I'm hoping a little bit because he's pulling double duty again at full gear. I'm hoping this pay-per-view in December, which is in his hometown, I hope every match is versus MJF. I hope this match is a fucking eight-match card, and he's in every fucking match. He's got to defend his title in every match. I think that would be incredible. Um, so, like, so he, he has the foresight, the vision. It's just the tweaks of week to week, okay? How are we getting from this week to that week the best possible way? And that's where some of the, the misses come in. Uh, last miss, I, I'll bring up. Some people may think this is small. I remember Michael Cole telling this story years ago. Who? He was on commentary. Michael, Michael Cole. Cole. Okay, sorry. He was on commentary, and they did a run through of Taker was. I think this is when he was supposed to. He had the cross, and I think either it was Austin or it was Stephanie, and they were supposed to put him on a cross, and then the cross was supposed to levitate or elevate. That was what the run through was supposed to be. So he's like, "Okay, that's what we were doing." Something happened where the cross didn't elevate, didn't levitate. He ends the show by saying about the cross being in the air. But it and wasn't Vince in there. Vince gets on comment, gets on his headphones. You stupid son of a bitch. The cross <laughs> is still on the ground. Okay. He should be calling nobody said, a son of a bitch. Yeah, but he, that's he funny. Said never do, he said he said he'll never do it again. Never do it again. Call what you see. Call what you see, AEW. On collision, House of Black shows up during the match. They cut to him in the crowd. Commentator says. And was that a few seconds later? And was that Julia Hart on the entrance ramp? I, I think I saw Julia Hart on the entrance ramp. They never cut to the entrance ramp. There was no Julia Hart. Match is over. Lights go out. Julia Hart's on the entrance ramp. They stooged off. Julia Hart being back. Because then they go, oh, it's Julia Hart. She hasn't been here since blah, blah, blah. And then she snaps her finger. Lights go back out. Now House of Black's in the ring. It, which it was, I'm not going to spoil the whole segment for you because that's also something to go back to watch. Uh, we get a whole lot of physicality, some returning members, some alliances, good stuff. But point is, you didn't call what you saw. You didn't miss it. Like, you call what you see. So that, that was also something I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of rough. But overall, you brought up um, MJF, Kenny Omega, and you kind of said it in like a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, but I think you may have an issue or a problem with that match being on collision instead of a major pay-per-view. They got a problem with having <laughs> that shit at, on a nine 30 on a Saturday night. That's their problem. If they want to have that marquee super match first time ever at, on the collision in front of like 300 people, 300,000 people, I should say that's their fault. That's, that's their problem. Not mine. I can go back and DVR and watch it. 
but it was timing specific though for that. Again, we should have known about this much sooner than Dynamite. That's one hundred percent sure. Um, but it was the the timing of it. He eclipsed the amount of days, so I can see why it was on just Collision and not on a pay per view. Mm-mm, hell no. Yeah. I think, ah, uh, man, this, this is a, this is a dual edged sword. Vince because... McMahon rolling in his grave right now. He's still alive, but hey, I, I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> he was in Saudi with uh, Undertaker for Fury. Yeah, and Francis. He was out there with the King. Killing he the still King. had the mustache. Oh yes. Okay. Out there looking like Walt Disney Senior. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like I'm I'm back and forth on this one because it this was the thing of I'm trying to wrestle you so I protect my my title reign. Mm-hmm. Of the days, I thought it was a great way to get people to tune in to Collision. I don't have a problem with it. I can see people's thoughts like E. If you look at it, Max, it was ten days of notice because that was when MJF initially said something yeah, the, to the three days later or yeah, something like that. And then three, three days on Dynamite, and you say like, "No, this is one of your biggest matches that you can possibly produce." Why are you giving away on Collision? Well, Collision's been struggling in the ratings. So maybe it was also a power play from mm-hmm. TNT. And maybe they didn't particularly ask for Kenny versus MJF. But maybe they said, like, hey, they sure did. Somebody was like, you know what? <laughs> Give me Kenny, MJF, or else. The title. <laughs> I mean, they, no, they, or they else. Can I mean, they, can, they may say, look, we can run the hangover again and get more viewers than we're getting for Collision right now. I'm Damn. just saying, we don't know. Damn. We don't know, but... No, that that's a real that's a real thing. A lot of the movies that were previously in this time slot were getting more ratings than Collision's getting right now. Sheesh. Hey, you would, know what though? It, Eric, it Eric Bischoff said. It, hey, Eric Bischoff right. said a lot of those movies are in their catalog, so they don't pay for them. Right. So in some so ways, it, they're more it's, profitable. It's basically like free. It's free television. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. the AEW fan are the boxing fans. They are the MMA fans. They are the WWE fans. They are the college football fans. They are the basketball fans. We know that too, because pro basketball is sports is in general is, is putting a, a hurting on both WWE and, and AEW, mm-hmm. which whatever it is, what it is. Um, but yeah, so I, I did. I just wanted to bring that up. Th- those two things. So you having kind of an issue with it just because that match, are you feeling like it just should have been protected for like a main event at a pay-per-view? Hell yeah. That's like, that's the equivalent of their Roman versus Cody. Imagine. Mm-hmm. Imagine, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> imagine Triple H putting Roman and Cody on Saturday Night Superstars at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? And giving us like a week notice about it. Or, you know what? Actually, maybe 10 days ago, because, you know, I was whispering in the guy's ear for a couple of weeks about this very thing, right? And this was the payoff of me whispering, like, the, like no. No, they're going to make that. This is the difference in how they present their superstars and how they present their money matches. They would never put on a big match, a first-time match like that in such small, short-time notice without a huge build-up and it being a major moment. This is what I talked about before. You got to protect your moments. And they don't yeah. protect shit. Yeah. <laughs> they, give it, they give it up. They like a new hoe. Right? They, like <laughs> they like a new hoe. Who ain't never, ain't never had the D before in their life, so they giving it to everybody. It's, it's all for free. Hey, what's that Drake song? For the free. One, it's called for free. Yeah, for free. For yeah, free. You know what it is? You know yeah. it is. If my media board was working, hey, I'd hit you with the shotgun hey, blast. AEW is, uh, <laughs> is, is called Loose <laughs> Booty Wrestling. 
Today giving it up for free, wet and nasty to anybody who want it. The good thing though is at least we so get they, they a blow ton out, of huh? moments. At least we get a ton of moments Woo! though. So like it still feels good when we get them. But uh, yeah, they, they, they do blow through. Them. They do blow through. Oh, them. So we lose it here. Uh, um, what else? Uh, we talked about the end of Dynamite. We talked. I got about a quote. I got Julia a quote. Hart. Yeah, what you got? I got a quote. And I was going to just say it off the top of my head, but sometimes I'd be flubbing my words. I just read the quote, okay? <laughs> I also know there's not a God, because if there were a God, you'd be dead 20 years ago. Christian oh, Cage man, Christian. on Ric Flair Christian on Dynamite. Okay. Whoa. Play Christian Cage. Whoa. And you know what was great though? Flair was like, that was pretty good. He couldn't he couldn't even like he couldn't even hide a smile. He was like, that's some, that's some good shit. All right, man. Because you're right. Is there not a low for Christian Cage or what? No. No. He is going to hell with gasoline draws on, I'm telling you. Those are must-sees. Those are must-sees for AEW, man. I, I haven't watched it, but I gotta watch that segment. Give me oh Christian Cage, Swerve Scott. You know, they don't want it right now. But Dynamite is, is a great show. I'm telling you, Dynamite is a great show. There's a lot of room for improvement. It absolutely is. But Dynamite has a lot of great pieces. We just got to get somebody, like a director, to put it all together, make it a symphony. I was, I was listening to Adam Copeland on Jericho's podcast this weekend. He was talking about being put in the, the horrible spot of him and Orton when they had to work the greatest wrestling match of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was funny he just told us real real quick he just said that like they're sitting there with vince and vince is saying like you guys are gonna have like the greatest wrestling match of all time and he's like damn it that's what we're gonna call it and edge is like he's sitting there like oh my god like you talk about being set up to fail anybody what he said was they used it and uh it was one take you know and then uh, just go back and listen to it but the point is he said like the the angle they went at it with was like a love letter to wrestling you know, they wanted the referee to have the old school blue shirt on. They wanted, they wanted all that. They wanted the microphone to come down like it used to in MJ, you know, MSG. So like, it was like a love letter to wrestling. And what I think, a, and like, to me, that's what AEW is. AEW is nothing more or nothing less than a love letter to wrestling. There are so many things that they do that you're just Agree. like, mm -hmm. only people that are hardcore fans mm -hmm. will appreciate this the way they need to. It's like, we just want to give the best product weekly and we'll figure out everything else from there. And that is an, a, an incredible problem to have. And it's not even a problem. It's a, and just an incredible promotion to have at our fingertips. But that's what it feels like. It's just like we are going to like the, the flair thing. And I, that's kind of where I wanted just to take that with. You got flair now with Sting. He's going to be with Sting. They're saying until. So he retires. Uh, until revolution. revolution. Yeah. Yeah. For us who remember sting against flair in wcw it's incredible right but if you don't remember that it's kind of like one of those things of like i don't care but they do so much where maybe a, a large percentage of people care and maybe a small percentage don't or vice versa but it's like one of those just if you get it you get it well, like, so, see, I I don't know. I don't have that memories of them two going at it, but I know it's something special. I can still just say that as the type of wrestling fan that I am. So for me, I I get a sense of, of feel goods in my stomach from that because I know that they used to be in WCW together. And then for them to kind of, I'm going to be here when you retire. To me, that's beautiful. 
That's completely beautiful. Now, I can only imagine if I was somebody like y'all who did watch them go at it, it I'd probably feel even more whole. You know, last thing about that, it's, it's a love letter, but to a different wrestling fan. Because I think if you think about the, the audience 18 to 34, like, I don't know how many of them remember that time for Sting. Because, you know, a lot of the wrestling fans might have started in, in, in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Which where Sting was, you know, the Crow Sting and, you know, Ric Flair's on his kind of way out a little bit with the Four Horsemen. They don't know about the early 90s and late 80s about the Ric Flair and Sting connection. They don't right. really know the significance of that, right? It's almost kind of like the AEW um, wrestling game. It's heavily influenced by No Mercy, which was from 25 years ago. Like a big part, part of their audience didn't have experienced that game. Like, right. So like it's nostalgia for an older part of fans that they're not that the overall part doesn't cater to. So I don't know how many of the older I don't know how many young fans want to say all, all that. Say this. I don't know how many of the new fans really appreciate that moment. They appreciate Red Flair and Sting. I actually I think it might just be a present to Sting because I don't know if their audience really understands the magnitude of that moment of them in that history. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they have enough older fans to actually are around to really understand the moment either. So I think it's one of those moments. That it's, it's a cool moment for people who understand it. I don't think it's a lot. Right. Right. Same thing. I mean, like QT cut a quick promo. He's a Triple H champion. He could. He cut a quick promo collision, basically just saying that like I've been around. I've been here because I've been around defending the title, and now I'm excited to defend this title here in AEW because we are supposed to have the, the best luchadors. And when he said it, I was kind of like. We don't need another fucking title in the AEW. And then I had to stop to think to myself, though, and say, but if you can defend another title from another promotion on this TV show, if I'm taking it just at face value, how cool is that? You're right. As fans, we're winning. And I think I love how you said it. AEW puts on shows and matches. It's a love letter to the wrestling fan. Yeah, I hate to tell you, man. Nobody gave a damn about QT to finish it, man. They can get crushed with that. But people who love AAA probably love it and is happy to be able to see this. Because how do you watch AAA in the States? Can we? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you can. So, oh, I did find out you can watch Impact on YouTube for just $1.50 a month. Yes, I was going to tell you all that. I, yeah, I, may, I, may, I may do that. Yeah, I may yeah. do Impact that. Impact yeah, Plus. $1.50 a month. Yep. No commercials. Yep. I may, I may do that. I just found that out last week. I was like, that could be a win. So everybody has a price. I guess our price is a dollar fifty a month. <laughs> well, I mean, impact is worth much more than a dollar fifty because night. Like, because if you asked me about ROH for a dollar fifty, I still wouldn't get it. That's a- now I wouldn't though. I, I, I wouldn't right now. I wouldn't buy New Japan World for a dollar fifty a month. Whoa. I would, of course, for Wrestle Kingdom in January, but I know I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't have time to watch it. Got it. Yeah. All right, y'all. What else? That I am, I am tapped. I think I hit everything that I, I wanted to hit on for this show. Me too. All right. So then that is a, a Rizzle Rap Pizzle Pat. Once again, happy Halloween to everybody that celebrates. After you guys listen to this, after you give us a five star review and comment on uh, our, our socials and on all of our platforms that we are on, we're on everything: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I think Stitcher is no more, but Google is. We're everywhere. If you put in that freaking wrestling, we are there. All right. So after you do that, go watch a, a movie. Give out some candy. Do all the kind of good stuff. Movie we'll back on a Wednesday. We're going to break down the 
Saudi show on Saturday. It's the show is shaping up to be a really good show again. They got another really good one. So that may be like the majority of our Wednesday show, kind of talking that one through. And then we back on Sunday to break it down. And he's not probably gonna watch Collision again, so we won't be talking Collision. So he he, he will miss the snafus that we talked about. You got you got to but you gotta watch Omega. We just skipped over that Omega MJF. I know what you said, E, about you know we talked about All Out being one of the best shows of the year. That match is one of the best TV matches of the year. And I love the way I don't know who produced it. Shout out to them. Because whoever produced Sheeta, who did Sheeta wrestle Wednesday? Uh, um, Ruby. Abaddon. Probably oh, needs Wednesday, to be fired. Always. Probably needs to be fired. Whoever produced that, because they made Sheeta look stupid, and uh, Ruby with the spray paint and all that kind of stuff. That but whoever, was awkward as hell. Whoever produced MJF and Kenny Omega, give that person a raise because they worked a perfect television match what i mean by that is when it was time to go to commercial break they hit a big move right before that and they were down on the cell for 90 seconds and they came back when it was time for the cameras to come back and they worked that match they worked about 30 minutes and it was it was fantastic so kudos chef's kiss to everybody involved in the main event on collision last night until then we are out of here we will talk to you guys in a few days peace